SFFL, yeah, you know we stay flexing. 12 good teams, bout to find out who the best is. Coming to you every week like a stack correction. Josh and Bobby on the mic about to send a message. Yeah, we air it out. Only one ring, who gon' wear it out? Build up your team before I tear it down. Turn on the games. What's going on, you fantasy degenerates? Your commissioner, Josh Raymer, back with another episode of the XFFL podcast. And joining me as always, it's the champ, Bobby Reynolds. Bobo, what's going on, man? What up, Kamish? What up, champ? Champ Kamish? Kamish champ? I don't either know. Way, I'll, man. I'll come Look, up I'm with something catchy. catchy. I'll yeah, come up with either, something catchy. Either title is respectful, and I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm glad to uh, get a phone call from the commish tonight and do a little uh, do a little late night sewed for the guys. Yeah, so you... Um, I just got done eating uh, dinner. It's a, it a lovely Pizza Hut pizza. It was like a you know seven ninety nine two toppings thin special. Crust? Thin crust, of course. Yeah, yeah. way to go. Watch my figure here. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just sat down to eat, and you had texted me and was like, "Hey, you uh, want to do a late night soda?" And I was like, "Actually, I was thinking about messaging you the same thing." So here we are, uh, excited to be doing a late night Sunday soda to kind of uh, cap off your weekend and hopefully ward off the Sunday scaries. Bobby, I don't know a better cure for the Sunday scaries than a little XFFL podcast. I agree. That's the, uh, the perfect medicine. So we got a great episode. Um, and full disclosure, we were going to record this episode yesterday, uh, but a little league business got in the way. As I'm sure most of you have seen, we have a new owner in the league, Lee Andrews. Uh, is going to be taking over John Johnson's team. And Lee was actually someone that I connected with back when we were uh, having the initial applications to replace Mike back at the end of last season. Uh, We kept in touch. I actually came across Lee on the Fantasy Footballers podcast message boards. They have a special section on their message board uh, for people to get in there and advertise when they're looking for new league members. That's how Lee and I got connected and we kept in touch and uh, was very happy to get him in the league. He's already been texting me, and uh, I, I made a little video for him earlier today to uh, kind of walking him through the league. Bobby, as you know, this league is unlike any, any other league out there. It's very much a unique beast, and coming in, it can be a little intimidating, the learning curve. It's, um, you know, I, I believe our loving commission has sent a nice little video to Mr. Lee and, uh, you know, kind of explain the ins and outs of, RSO and Slack and you know the rookie draft and the auction and the uh, you know free agent pickups the waivers and everything and you know I was telling you a little bit earlier I'm not quite sure that uh, 30 minutes can quite surmise everything that uh, you know really that's just the that's just breaking the uh, breaking the ice there there's there's that's quite a bit just to follow after how to use minutes. the website really no I mean you think about it like the thing that you can't quantify or put an explanation around is how do the people in this league operate? Yeah. You know, like what that, the interpersonal dynamics of everyone in this league is what, and that's really what makes every league so interesting because there are hundreds of leagues that run on the RSO platform, just yeah. like there are thousands, you know, and um, on ESPN or Yahoo, it's not the platform necessarily that makes it unique. I mean, you can teach anybody how to use a website, but that, you know, learning how to interact with people and people's preferences and, you know, whether they like to trade, what they what they value, you know, mm-hmm. that is uh, something that comes with time. I can't make a video for that, but hopefully that's part of the fun of, uh, you know, diving into a new league is getting to know all of your league mates. 
I'm just saying something pretty epic for the uh, for the first time because I was off of Slack today. Uh, Mr. Andrews' picture on uh, on Slack is uh, of him watching a game that appears to be in Los Angeles, and he has a blue and gold jersey on, and the last name on the jersey is Gurley. Um, is there oh, some, yeah. news, some news He's, here? Uh, you have a, you have a fellow hello uh, fellow Rams fan in the oh, building. Wow. Congratulations. Oh, man, Lee. I've, I haven't met a Rams fan in uh, about 10 years now, so welcome. Look, listen to this. He this is so is uh, he is so happy he might literally cry. Lee, oh my so gosh! This is, thank uh, you for what this you've is done. Really tearing me up, Lee. I, I, <laughs> it's so great to have you. All right. Well, uh, yeah, very excited to have Lee. Uh, a lot of he's bringing a lot of um, energy and excitement and enthusiasm and just a you know a real interest in how this league operates. I think he's told me thank you and I can't wait to get started. And I'm so excited about a dozen times now, which is just really awesome to see someone, you know, want to come into a league that you're a part of with that kind of, you know, enthusiasm behind it. So welcome to Lee. And uh, Lee, you got a great first episode here uh, of the podcast with you as a member of the XFFL. We're going to do two things on the show today, Bobby. Why don't you tell us what those things are? Yeah, two uh, two things we're going to go over. We're going to be pretty fun. You know, a couple weeks back, we did the way too early power ranks. And, uh, you know, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Free agency begins tomorrow or Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday. I think, at 3 p.m. Central. Awesome. So right here at the breach of the NFL free agency, we are going to do our first kind of real power rankings of the season. Um, these are a whole lot less uh, mathematical and a whole lot more opinionated. So you guys are going to love them. And then right after that, we're going to also talk about something that our, our lovely uh, Nico has uh, sent through um, the Slack channels to our commissioner as an idea for for the podcast, and we're going to compare our XFFL teams to actual teams in the NFL, uh, and that, that's just gonna you know, there's no telling where this episode might end up. Yeah, it's a lot of narrative driven content today. You know, you have come up with I think uh, one through six on the power rankings. Is that right? Yeah, one through six, one through six, and it's just purely just kind of like gut feeling, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Just kind of where we sit right now before, you know, the rookie draft, I'm sure some of these rookie draft picks are going to continue to, to switch hands and, you know, people are accumulating a little bit more money as the, uh, as the free agent auction approaches. So I'm sure this will shift around a little bit more as the actual season gets a little bit closer, but this is, you know, on March the 10th, how, uh, how some of these teams I see sitting today. Yeah. And I don't have power rankings, so I'm just going to be reacting to yours. Um, awesome. I, I, uh, I haven't seen these and we also haven't seen each other's um, comps for the mm. NFL team as well. So, uh, Baba, why don't we get started with the power rankings and let's go six to one. So let's All start right. with number six. Who do you see? Number six is coming in with Fear the Reaper, Mr. Jim Cush. You know, primarily what I like here for Jim is he's got a really strong core. And a lot of what I'm going to talk about here in the rankings is going to be their core of just a couple players who can be pretty instrumental to their team in 2019. But a great core of Matt Ryan, um, you know, he's got Dalvin Cook. He's got Shady. I really like Michael Thomas, Zach Ertz, and the Eric Ebron show. And also the two young um, wide receivers in his flex in Calvin Ridley and Cortland Sutton. Uh, a couple of decent defensive players, you know, Daniel Hunter, really, really great D in there. 
and Jalen Smith. But I think uh, I think Fear the Reaper is going to be a, a really solid team going into 2019. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, would you say the best uh, tight end setup in the league? I mean, I know absolutely. That, um, you know, Lorne has Kittle; he'd be in the mix, mm-hmm. and then Ben has Travis Kelsey. But to have both Ertz and Eric Ebron, I think two top five guys. I mean, you got to say he has the best tight end setup in the league for sure. Absolutely. You know, and we've talked about this on a couple other podcasts, but maybe one of the best actual receiving contracts in the league, also with Michael Thomas at seven point four million a year. Uh, Thomas, I don't really know where he ended up last year, but uh, Thomas has just been awesome for the last couple of years. And, you know, maybe unlike a, a couple other people on Slack, as far as uh, recent comments about Buffalo and, and uh, people's tenures in Buffalo or, or uh, AB's approach to Buffalo, I really think McCoy, uh, I think Shady might have a better year this year. Hopefully Josh Allen gets a little bit more of his bearings there and, you know, hopefully they get a little bit more of a, um, wide receiving presence there, and Shady actually has a little bit more room to run. But, yeah, I really think Jim's team is going to be good going into 2019. I was curious because you brought that up. We see there looks like Shady is going to be making um, for 12 the – 12 mil. Yeah, for the XFFL, uh, yeah, it looks like, yeah, 12.67 million. But I'm curious. I wanted to look and see what he's actually making with the Bills. And so his cap hit for the Bills in 2019, wow, is actually it's it's gone down from years past. So it's only a uh, about a nine million dollar cap hit. So he actually is one of those players that makes a lot more in the XFFL than he does in the NFL. Um, and it looks like his dead cap would be about two point six million. I don't mm. know. I've just heard it floated uh, by other you know NFL analysts that. Uh, you know, he could be a surprising cut. Yeah, I've heard both things. I really think that that would be a uh, um, mistake on the Bills' part to to cut him. You know, I kind of lost train of thought there because I didn't realize how good Matt Ryan had been last year. Matt Ryan was actually the QB2, QB2. in the XFFL. Yeah, crazy. Um, freaking about 800 points behind Mahomes, but still the QB2. Yeah, so let's look at uh, who's your number five team, Bobo. Number five team going into really what is still way too early power rankings, but we're going to do it anyways. And I forgive me if I can't even get through it, but we're going to go with uh, the big pick lover, you know? Oh, gosh. Let me, gosh. Let me, let me hear so what good. you think about just the team name. Well, when he first threw that out describing us as not big pick lovers, I was like, I kind of did the winking emoticons. Like you realize what you just said, right? And he's like, God, that's a great team. That would be a great team name. And I was like, you've got to switch then. Oh yeah. So I was sure. so excited. And did you, did you notice his, his avatar, the detail oh, yeah. in his actual picture? Your pick is in. You're yeah. Well, it's clock. round six, pick nine. And so it's pick 69. Oh man. Markham is just, he's a witty, he's a witty guy. He's a real witty he's, guy. But there's anyways. layers to his humor. Getting into uh, Big Pick Lover's contracts and and his uh, roster for 2019, um, let's not forget how important defense is in the XFFL, you know, because it's an IDP league and, and, you know, we've got to carry a full roster. And let's just talk about Kenny Clark, Cameron Jordan, Deion Jones, Khalil Mack, Avery Williamson, Tremaine Edmonds. You want me to stop or or should I continue? Jatavis Brown. Goodness gracious. I mean, you know, not only does Markham have standouts in uh, OBJ, Keenan Allen, Sonny Michelle, Kerryon Johnson, Lamar Jackson, 
Um, let's not underestimate our 2017 champ just quite yet. I really think uh, Markham has a big defensive year in the, in store for himself. I think if I were doing this, and I, I haven't quite looked, but I would probably have Markham probably, I think, I, and we'll talk about this, but I'd probably have Ben number one mm-hmm. and then Markham number two. I just think sure. – he he has done such a nice job on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you look at my God, Deion Jones, Avery mm-hmm. Williamson, Tremaine Edmonds, and Khalil Mack, wow. along with Jatavis Brown thrown in as your fifth linebacker. Like, holy crap. That yeah. is we were talking about Jim as the best tight end collection. I mean, Markham mm-hmm. undoubtedly has the best linebacker collection. That's absolutely nasty. And then you've got you know, Buka, uh, Buka, good Lord, Buda Baker and uh, Harrison Smith to go along with, uh, you know, just one of the best defensive ends in the league in Cameron Jordan and then two stud defensive tackles. So, yeah, Markham's defensive side is stacked and his offense, you know, has some young guys that need to hit, you know, Dante yeah. Pettis. I know he's very excited about, uh, you know, who knows what we'll get out of Kareem Hunt in Cleveland. And then Jarek McKinnon is a huge question mark. Mm -hmm. So you look at perhaps the most important fantasy position at running back. Mm -hmm. He's going with two second year guys, carry on Johnson and Sony Michelle, who I think have all the potential in the world. But then behind him, you're looking at Jarek McKinnon. I think we're all very high on McKinnon, but Mm -hmm. he is coming off an injury. So there are question marks there. Kareem Hunt, who knows? We think he'll probably be suspended six to eight games, mm-hmm. and that's it. I mean, so that's probably, that's probably you why know, I, was you know, a li- I was a little lower on Markham just because of those question marks on the offensive side. You know, maybe undoubtedly, he doesn't even have a full defense quite yet, but maybe undoubtedly one of the best defenses going into the rookie draft and uh, the free agent auction. But you know, one of the things I like about Markham is he's got kind of he's got some of these stash away type IR guys in. Antonio Callaway, um, Valdez Scantling, Deion, Jan- uh, Deion Kane, Ricky James Jr. You know, some of these guys who they might not quite hit this year, but even if one or two of them does, you know, I'll take 50% out of those guys any day. So kind of the same method that Ben maybe tries to uh, emulate with RBs, I feel like Markham is kind of doing the same with these receivers. And, you know, heaven forbid if Tyrell Williams – you know, go somewhere else. Was that what uh, y'all were talking about? Maybe this week, possibility of him going to the Colts. Was that something I had heard? Yeah, he's been linked to the Colts. The Colts have a huge need at wide receiver. They have like a hundred million dollars in cap space, the most yeah. in the league, actually. Mm-hmm. And Tyrell's probably the number two or three wide yeah. receiver available on the free agent market. So I would love to see him come to Indianapolis as a Colts fan. Yeah, that'd be a great signing for y'all. But yeah, Markham. Um, I think a lot of our conversations on Slack, especially Scuttlebutt, you know, is uh, about offense and these, you know, studs and everything. But, man, um, you know, don't forget your defensive players because they score, you know, half of your points uh, on a good week and more than half on a really good week, you know. So let's not put Markham down too 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 far. Oh, yeah. So uh, that was number five. To, uh, give me number four. Absolutely. Number four is going to be the good fellas, Mr. Ben Ratty. Um you know, there's no undenying Ben's team. Ben has an incredible team going into 2019, and he will for quite some time. Uh, you know, a couple of his core players that I really just enjoy watching are Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, uh, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, undoubtedly the best tight end in the NFL right now and in the XFFL as far as signing 
uh, Melvin Gordon. And then he's got a couple of these dart throws still and Tevin Coleman, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette. You know, who knows what Ben will do with these guys? We don't really know quite yet. I know he's throwing some of these guys out on the trade block and, and you know, tried to see if he's got, uh, you know, any any bites or any, any buyers, I guess. Uh, some of maybe the things that I think brought me down for Ben are some of his flex spots, you know, Fournette, Coleman, and Jones are still up in the air as far as whether he's going to hold on to them or not. And then he's got a couple questions on his, uh, you know, defensive side of the ball. Um, but man, how, how do you get past some of those core uh, running backs right there? Yeah, I think without a doubt, um, he has the best offense and I don't think it's really close. I mm-hmm. mean, you look at, um, you know, Russell Wilson, the, the shines off Russell a little bit in terms of a fantasy sure. QB, but he has arguably, um, two of the three top running backs in terms of dynasty assets with Christian, I would put. Probably Zeke number one, Saquon two, Christian McCaffrey three. I think especially with the news sure. about Gurley's knee, mm-hmm. I think that uh, you'll see him fall out of that 101 spot as we get closer with like redraft leagues. Yeah, And I will say this is something interesting, and I want to get your take, and you might have heard it on one of the recent Fantasy Footballers podcast. I think mm-hmm. it was both Andy and Mike said that they would take Leonard Fournette for the 101 right now. Mm. So – that, you know, we have all these question marks surrounding Leonard Fournette, uh, but it seems like, at least from their point of view, they would take him and roll the dice over whoever they would be getting at 101 this year. So I don't know if that speaks wow. more to their confidence in Fournette or a lack of confidence in this year's rookie class. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't quite thought about that. You know, I think Fournette is going to be fine. Um, Fournette is one of those guys that Ben hasn't super actively shopped. Um, I think if somebody came in just with a legit offer that Ben couldn't pass up, which as a hashtag side note, uh, would be pretty difficult because Ben, you know, he requests a lot of his running backs, which is, you know, justifiably so these RB ones, um, these stud running backs are hard to come by in the XFFL. So I think Fournette will be fine. You know, I think there was a little bit of question marks of his, not so much durability, but his weight that maybe he had got up on and his, uh, you know, desire for the game and whatnot. But I think you bring somebody in there, hopefully Foles does a little bit better than Bortles does. I don't really know, really know quite yet. I think, if that's be I think Foles would be enough. I think anyone they could bring in at this point would be an upgrade over Bortles. Yeah, you're probably right. I know Bortles threw the ball a lot, which probably spread the field out a little bit. That was probably the only thing I liked about Bortles. He was kind of Brett Farvish in the standpoint of, he had no qualms about throwing the ball, forcing it into a lot of lanes that, uh, you know, it was great passes when it got to his receiver, but horrible when they got intercepted. So you, you get that with Bortles. But, yeah, you're probably right. Foles, Foles probably improves Fournette a little bit there. But I don't know if I'd quite take him to the 101. That, that's something for me to think about for a little while. But, yeah, yeah, you know, Ben's got a great squad going into this year. I mean, even putting that aside, um, you know, you're right, Tevin Coleman. We'll see where he lands. I don't know that he's going to land anywhere that he's going to be the de facto workhorse yeah. starter. Where do you and see him going today? Where do you see him going? I think the the landing spot that I've heard that I probably like the best would be um, the Texans. Wow. Okay. I yeah. see him going to the Jets. The Jets? I- yeah. Here's the thing. I think either because uh, I, I really do think Lev Bell ends up with the Jets. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't end up with the Raiders, which could be a, just a hilarious possibility that yeah. they land both ex Steelers. Um, and, but if he doesn't, if uh, Lev Bell doesn't land with the jets, I could absolutely see that. 
Um, let me ask you this question, Josh. So McCaffrey and Barkley were RB one and two, um, going uh, finishing 2018 in our in our XFFL. Where do they finish 2019? I mean, assuming health um, for both of them, and gosh, really the biggest question mark is just the quarterback for both situations. Yeah. You know, um, as bad as Eli Manning has been, if they go with a rookie, say Dwayne Haskins, you know, the kid from Ohio State, maybe they mm-hmm. draft him and he starts most of the season. And I mean, mm-hmm. is, is Cam Newton's shoulder going to be healthy? I don't know. I mean, that's what they said about Andrew Luck, that he was supposed to play all of two seasons ago and he didn't play a game. So, um, but let's assume that uh, they get similar production from the quarterback position that they got this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see any possibility where they finish outside the top five. No chance. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, I agree also that it's 100% to do with your uh, quarterback, you know, depending upon Eli and that whole situation. I mean, that's just kind of a mess up there. Uh, and I agree with Cam. I mean, you might look into 2019 and Cam only plays, you know, eight of 16 games. It seems like his durability gets a little bit worse and worse every year. And I don't even know who their backup is, you know, at this point. Probably, uh, um, what's that guy's name who seems like he's been in the league forever uh, for the Panthers? Um, uh, Jake DeLome, you know, I know he's been out of the league I for think, quite some time. I think DeLome's but, uh, been retired just, for like whenever, 10 years. Whenever I, whenever I think about just a, back, a good backup for a team, I always just think Jake DeLome, especially for the Panthers. I think, but, it's, I think it's Heineke, isn't it, Taylor Heineke? Yeah, I think you're right, because he started there towards the end of the he year. He did, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I agree. I think that uh, the QB position there has to do a ton with McCaffrey and with Barkley. And um, answer me this one, too. Let's just stick on Ben's team for a second. Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, where did they finish last year? They were top five both, weren't they? I think they were one and two. I, I, I thought I had thought seen that also, but I, I didn't want to quite put that out there yet. Well, yeah, let's, let's look this up real fast. So the, the question while you're looking that up, the yes. only point I wanted to ring, uh, bring up, obviously mm-hmm. we know Travis Kelsey. I think everyone would put him as tight end one going into next season. For sure. Uh, but the only question mark really – uh is Ben's linebackers um you know he only has one safety Josh Jones which you know that's that's fine Uh, a couple good cornerbacks Tredavious White Desmond King but some question marks I mean Jamie Collins just got cut yeah and CJ Mosley's a free agent now Denzel Perryman just got re-signed but he's been a bit of a disappointment I would say over the kind of uh totality of his career uh, Matt Milano was playing great last year before he got hurt. And then you have mm-hmm. Levante David down in Tampa Bay, new coaching staff. Who knows what you're going to get there? So a lot of question marks around Ben's linebackers and only one safety. Now his defensive ends are fantastic mm-hmm. uh, in um, JJ Watt and Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, but you know, he's got the newly retired blunt yeah. smoking on Instagram, <laughs> David Irving. So he has no defensive tackles right yeah. now, but pretty sure Irving's done with football for a little while. I think so. Yeah. But uh, what'd you find out on uh, Adams and Hill? So you were close. Tyreek Hill was the wide receiver one last year, 87 receptions, 1400 yards and 12 uh, TDs for 359 points. Uh, RB three was Devonte Adams, 13, uh, 86 for yards, 111 receptions, and 13 touchdowns for 332 yards. But the wide receiver, too, you should know this, is DeAndre Hopkins. 115 receptions, 1,500 yards, and 11 touchdowns. You know, really, Nuke should have been higher. He had more receptions. He had more receiving yards, just a little fewer uh, receptions um, in the red zone, uh, in the in – the, uh, 
What am I trying to get out here? Uh, yeah, eleven touchdowns last year, but I see that being higher. But let's not get into that. We're we're gonna get we're gonna get to the Houston Gamblers soon enough. Well, let's let me ask you this. I would just just saw something kind of curious. Sure. The free agent auction coming up. I don't want to get down this rabbit hole too far, but yeah. of the guys that are available in the free agent auction as of mm-hmm. right now. Uh, now there are a couple teams that haven't finalized their rosters. Their guys haven't dropped in mm-hmm. and guys could always get cut. But at this moment, do you know the wide receiver that scored the most points last year that is available in the free agent auction? I believe I do, but it's only because I believe I've looked it up in the last couple of days. Can I give you a good educated guess? Yes, please. Is it Andre Roberts? Ooh, really close. Okay. It's, uh, he's number two. Number one is actually Adam Humphreys. Oh, okay. Okay. I've seen Adam Humphreys' name also. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Have you? I know as, as a commissioner, and I know you love some spreadsheets, um, are there better receivers coming? As far as people finalizing you know, their rosters and whatnot, is there anybody that's going to compete with that? I mean, are you going to have a better wide receiver than Humphreys going into the auction with some of these people finalizing their teams? The one, so let's look at, let's look at Lee's team. There was, I think there was one guy on here that kind of caught my attention, which is funny because Humphreys is a free agent in the real NFL. And what uh, a pile of dog crap here. You know, I had Andre Roberts last year, late in the year, just because I was running out of players. Fitzgerald is going to be fine again. Golden Tate, isn't he a current free agent? He is, so that really will depend on the landing spot. But, I mean, then you get to Alec Erickson, Curtis Samuel, Demarius Thomas, Ryan Switzer. I mean, man, it gets pretty ugly pretty quickly. Oh, here you go. You got uh, Jarvis Landry is going to drop back into the pot. So that's interesting. That's nice. And then uh, Marvin Jones will drop back in. Uh, looks like, I mean, not a huge name, but Jamison Crowder will drop. Yeah. Uh, and this is assuming that Lee does not tag these guys. Uh, and that's it from his, I think the other one was Jim's team. I don't think, now was it Jim or Charlie? Let me look. No, Jim's finalized his, it was Charlie. Okay. So let's check his real quick to see, uh, what, yeah. So 2018. Wow, man, there are some rough names on here. I haven't really paid attention to this too much. So I'm saying you don't really want to have cap space right now because it's not super helpful. Um, Absolutely. So from his team, um, geez, yeah, nobody really. Okay. Uh, Looks like, I mean, the only only two people that may be worth a late round 500K dart throw would be Jordy Nelson and Pierre Garçon. Wow. Gosh. So that tells you where we're at right now. (laughs) Anyway, good luck so let's with get, good luck with yeah, your cap, guys. Exactly. So let's get into the top number three, three on the power yeah. rankings. How about that? Number that three, good. after a little drum roll, is our 2018 XFFL champion, the Houston Gamblers. First off, my first question: Are you going to stay the Houston Gamblers going into 2019? I think so. You know, I, I mixed it up last year because I just needed to change the mojo. Okay. And uh, I really loved the the book about the USFL. Um, that uh what was it called oh i'll look it up here in just a second but what week did you change that mm, it was late in the season i want to say it it was like maybe eight or nine maybe it really uh, seemed like you downshifted and just really picked up a little bit of momentum when that happened so i i might stick with it for a little while i'm gonna ride it you know they i want a title as the houston gambler so unless i need to change up the mojo i'm gonna roll with that i understand i love it but let's let's talk a little bit about this you know 
I'm not even really going to talk about your studs as much to begin with, as much as I'm going to talk about the additions of Jordan Howard and Tyler Boyd. Um, I really think that those are arguably some of the best acquisitions so far in our XFFL offseason. Um, you know, Jordan Howard, even regardless of whether he gets traded or not, I believe is going to be a solid RB for you. He's definitely going to be a solid flex. I don't know that he is going to surpass Marlon Mack or Zeke, probably not Zeke ever, but maybe Marlon Mack in competition there to actually be a running back for you. Um, but boy, Tyler Boyd seems to be the future there for Cincinnati. And, you know, kind of like you've commented on the uh, on the main channel there on Slack, you know, golly, heaven forbid, give Tyler Boyd a decent uh, quarterback. Not that the Red Rockets not OK, but, uh, you know, you give them somebody new and somebody young, somebody who's got a little bit more zip in the arm and, uh, Tyler Boyd, the speedster, is liable to have a great year for you in 2019. So, uh, you know, not only that, stacked onto your 2018 championship roster, uh, you've added a couple of good pieces going into this next year. Yeah, I think the big thing for me, and I, you know, um, trying to be as objective as possible, I'd probably have myself down closer to maybe five or six, just because I think my squad has maybe gotten just a tiny bit worse Mm-hmm. In terms of pure fantasy, like if you strip away all the dynasty aspects of okay. this, I mean, losing Antonio Brown, obviously with the Raiders now, will Derek Carr be his quarterback? We don't know. But, um, you know, I think I don't know that anyone would argue just from a purely points driven output standpoint that it's a bit of a downgrade going from Ant- Antonio Brown to Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. even if that move makes a lot of sense for a dynasty league. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Jordan Howard, I like Jordan Howard. I think uh, wherever he ends up, he'll wow. uh, be a contributor. I mean, he's 24 he, years old. He's also 1.7 million, which That's in a the dynasty perspective is amazing. I mean, I had 111, which would have been probably, you know, three or $4 million. Sure. So, you know, I'll take a 24 year old at this moment, starting running back, for less than $2 million instead of a late, right. You know, late first draft pick that honestly would just be a dart throw. Let's Um, let's quit talking ourselves down though, because let's talk about the names of Patrick Mahomes, Ezekiel Elliott, Marlon Mack, DeAndre Hopkins, T.Y. Hilton. You know, you can, you can throw shade and you can kind of give yourself crap all you want to, but I'll, uh, I'll take Mahomes any day. You want to go ahead and just get rid of him. He, uh, (laughs) he won a lot of teams, a lot of, a lot of championships across fantasy you know as a whole last year I believe it was you on a couple of podcasts back said that he was the most owned player on fantasy championship teams across fantasy football last year and I definitely believe it you know we talked about that earlier that um, you know uh, Matt Ryan was the QB2 last year 100 points ahead of him QB1 Patrick Mahomes right there 500 points so uh, I don't maybe know quite yet if he is going to perform as well as he did in 2018 and 2019, but I don't think it's going to be just a start drop off. I think he'll really be pushing that 500 mark again this year. Yeah. And the, you know, the defensive side, the trade with uh, Nico, even though he is a little pricier, Mm -hmm. I do have two of the probably top five linebackers in the league Mm -hmm. right now uh, with both Bobby Wagner and Luke Keekley. So, you know, Happy to pick up Keekley. I know we discussed in a previous podcast that he was, um, you know, an, head injury concerns, maybe one concussion away from his career being over. But if that comes, I'll just put him on IR and we'll go from there. But he is an absolute locked in linebacker one if he's healthy. So very happy to add him. And then 
I was talking with Kisslingberry um, about a week ago, trying to get, uh, you know, uh, a trade evaluated to figure out, you know, where I stood at safety. And I said, do you have projections yet uh, as far as safety? Don't, don't you tell me this. Don't so you, you want it. Do you want to hear the lay of the land in terms of where my uh, safeties uh, are currently? I don't, so, know I, I don't know if I want to know it or not. And this will change because uh, Landon Collins is obviously a free agent. Free agent. Mm-hmm. And there, Tom has blind spots just like every analyst. So I don't necessarily agree with this third guy on the list. Mm-hmm. But um, Landon Collins right now, safety four for him. Yeah. John Johnson, yeah, boy. Uh, safety, safety 13. Okay. And then uh, Jaquiski Tart, who missed a lot of last season. This is kind of Tom's blind spot. He has a, a huge, uh, you know, he, he, a soft spot for Mr. Tart. Sure. He has him as safety 10. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about my safeties. Uh, I like Dunlap there, obviously, at defensive end. A couple solid defensive tackles. Sheldon Richardson's a free agent uh, in real life. And then, you know, like I said, linebackers. Uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see where Reuben Foster lands. If he gets a job, you know, he's so cheap sure. and, and very talented despite being a kind of a POS away from the field. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, Eric Kendricks is, is solid as well and pretty, pretty affordable there at 2.67 million. Uh, I got to upgrade my tight end position. I'll be looking to add a little bit of offensive, um, some, some flex positional depth in the free agent auction. And then, uh, you know, I think I'm, pretty well set it's just going to be trying to find those depth pieces and without breaking the bank i, mean, I don't have a lot of money to spend at about 23.5 million so i'm gonna to have to be a bargain shopper but that's okay um, you you were last year that's right i was tell, and it, it worked out okay tell me this where did uh johnson end the season uh for safeties what safety was he oh you got it pulled up uh-huh i'm gonna say johnson was he number six he was number five. So I disagree with Kisslingberry a little bit there. I think he's going to be – I don't know that it'll be top five because it's so hard to, you know, whether it's cornerbacks or whether it's safeties, unless you're just producing – and that's probably why I disagree here. Unless you're producing just a large amount of tackles, which Johnson does, um, aside from Antoine Bethay and Jamal Adams, I believe this is correct, he had the third highest uh, solo tackles in the league with 82. Um, he had 11 pass defense and he had four interceptions last year. So the interceptions are a little bit of a crapshoot, you know, going from one year to the next, uh, he had zero sacks. And I really think that LA is going to integrate him into the, uh, uh, into the defensive scheme of, uh, of Wade Phillips a little bit more this year, but I disagree with your boy just a little bit. I, I'm going to bump well, Johnson up just and, a touch. And he, he, he has readily admitted that he is um, uh, a skeptic when it comes to John Johnson. He was yeah. all last year. So yeah. again, we all deal with biases in our analysis. And As I think he was Corey Littleton. Yeah, I think he's too high on Tart and a little too low on Johnson. Um, but that was just kind of his, his take there. So let's talk about the number two team, Bobby. Who you got? The number two team is going to be the Boston Breakers. Ooh, okay. Spicy choice. Yeah, I'm excited to see Lauren. Actually, I'm not. I really am pretty pissed that Lauren is uh, getting this group together as uh, as we're grouping into the Zeros division together. Um, I'm going to need a a little explanation behind 
the Zeros division uh, name. I don't really know if I ever got that from one. I need him to comment that. In He's just saying sometime, you guys are a bunch of Zeros. Yeah, well, he needs to get over that and, uh, <laughs> and uh, rename that league. But, no, Lauren's got a really good team going into this year. You know, a couple of his core uh, additions going into this year for uh, 2019. He's added Mr. Todd Gurley. Man, Todd Gurley. Man. Yeah, what happened there, Bobo? Obviously a back. big trade. <laughs> Please come uh, you back, said, Todd. <laughs> you've said before that Todd would die uh, as a member of your squad. So what happened? Why did you fall out of love with Mr. Gurley? You know, I will even say I halfway jokingly put Alvin Kamara out on the trade block more than anything just to kind of mess with Ben Ratty and Nico to to a to a fault. But uh, you know, some of the some of the info I got back on Kamara, uh, you know, I feel like I got a couple of decent offers, a couple of decent, you know, draft picks. Nico uh commented that he could just Ven Venmo me a little bit of cash, you know. So uh, you know, if you ever see Alvin Kamara uh, on somebody else's team, I guess you're knowing, well, Bobby, Bobby must need a little money these days. But uh Bobby's got some bills to pay, baby. You know, when you first get into RSO and you first get in the XFFL, you know, back in 2016, I gave a fortune to get Gurley. And that was after the auction. If I wasn't an idiot, I would have just gone and bought Gurley in the auction. I wouldn't have having, had to give up so many first round picks to Ben Ratty in order to acquire him back. But again, you know, that's evolution of the league. And now, you know, you wouldn't go back and, and, you know, redo that for anything you wish you could, but you can't. So, um, you know, I have learned over the last couple of years to never say never. There's a couple of players that I've always said, I'll never trade him or he'll never leave. And he's always going to be on my team. But, you know, just never say never. You never know what cap situation you're going to get into. You know, you never know how many running backs you're going to have on your team. You're never going to know, you know, what picks you need going into the next couple of years. So I love Mr. Ty Gurley. I really do miss him. Um, man, Lauren actually commented to me, after that trade and kind of said, Hey, what about Gurley for Camara? Which actually might completely blow the league apart. So I decided not to do that. But um there'd be nothing you know, left but smithereens. I do, I do, I do miss Mr. Gurley quite a touch, but uh, but that's all right. I'll move on. But yeah, Boston Breakers, you know, so he's added on Gurley, uh, Tyler Lockett, and Kenyon Drake, all while keeping Mr. George Kittle, uh, Darius Leonard. Uh, he's got a lot of good pieces going into next year, and he's also got some draft picks coming up in the next couple of years as well. So um, I really, really like um, Lauren's team going into this year, and I think he's I think he's going to look great there behind Jimmy G as well. What do you think, Josh? I think he's probably about four or five if I was doing this myself. I okay. think he is uh, obviously Gurley. Uh, we both like Gurley and James White. Uh, Did I say Leonard well. again? Or did I, I know, did you? Like the Ninja Turtle? I remember a couple podcasts back, I got it called him Darius Leonard. You know, Leonard. you ever see a word and you like want to say it, you don't like, you want to spell it when you're saying it, you don't want to just say it. So anyways, I'm sorry if I distracted you there. You have multiple Darius children, Leonard. so you just, you suffer from dad brain at all times. That's, that's true. That's possible. Continue. I'm so sorry. So Todd Gurley and James White, probably his two starting running backs, I would mm -hmm. say. Not a bad one-two punch. Um Matt Breida there, uh, kind of holding things down. If, uh, you know, uh, Jerick McKinnon gets hurt again or things don't pan out with him, so that's a mm -hmm. decent backup. You got John Kelly there as the handcuff and Josh Adams as a, you know, a fine dart throw there sure. with the Eagles. 
Um, and then Kenyon Drake, I think he's one of, I think I said in the last, one of the last episodes, probably the biggest enigma for me right now, uh, in terms of NFL players, I just have no idea where he's going to end up this next season with a new coaching staff in Miami. And then wide receiver, I like obviously Diggs and Lockett as a one, two starting combination, Mm -hmm. but he's a little thin behind those two. He's got Julian Edelman, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great PPR machine. Jamon Moore. I mean, nothing, nothing doing there. And uh, then you've got Josh Gordon, who's a free agent. So who knows where he lands? Uh, I think he's suspended again. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on with Josh Gordon and Gordon's kind of expensive. He signed through 2021 Mm -hmm. at a cost of 9.7 million this year. And you have no idea if he's going to play who he's going to play for. Um, I do like George Kittle, one of the probably top five tight ends, maybe, maybe number three, you could argue behind Ertz and Kelsey. Yeah. And then, yeah, some great linebackers here uh, with Darius Leonard, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, Kiko Alonso finished a lot higher than I than yeah, he I remembered. Was linebacker fourteen or fifteen, I believe, last year because I had traded him, uh, traded him to Lauren. Let me tell you this: uh, James White was actually RB nine last year. Oh yeah, it was crazy. Kenyon Drake is actually RB fourteen, so he's actually actually added an RB one, and then I, I would consider Drake a borderline RB one, RB two. You know, I agree one hundred percent. Who knows what that Miami offense looks like going into this year, but. I will say, I think Sonny Michelle has a better year going into 2019 than he did 2018, obviously because he was injured the majority of the year. But when has New England not had a pass catch, you know, pass catching back in, you know, Deion Lewis, James White, some type of a Rex Burkhead guy that just really exceeds for the year. So as well as Sonny Michelle might do in 2019, I still see James White as a, as a formidable force there at, uh, at running back for them. Yeah, Fred Warner, another linebacker I like as well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Josie Jewell is a name that I've seen kind of pop up on people's radars as one to pay attention to there in Denver, uh, especially with, you know, Vic Fangio coming in, defensive-minded head coach. That can only mm-hmm. be a help for the defense. Um, and then, you know, some other players here. I don't know, Eric Berry, there's been some talk of him being cut. Uh, Ronnie Harrison, don't know much about him for Jacksonville. Uh, Darquez Denard actually uh, is part of a book project that I'm working on, which is kind of funny. Um, And then, yeah, Malik Jackson just got cut, I believe, by Jacksonville, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. And then, yeah, Danny Shelton. So, I mean, he's got a couple of bright stars, I would say, on defense. But, yeah, I would say if if I were coming up with my own rankings, Lauren would probably be uh, four, five, six range, somewhere in there. Solid. Here's the thing. And, and we'll talk about this in the in the comp section, but Lorne has so much experience. He's so savvy, and he made so many good moves. I remember saying, I'm not going to step over my own analysis here, so I'll, yeah. I'll refrain from saying this, but don't count him out in terms of the moves that he can make in season to get the ship yeah. back on the right course if it starts going off track a little bit. You know, he ran through that – um, Western Conference last year, you know, I know Jim also made the playoffs as well and had a great squad, but Lauren was by far the best team uh, coming out of that division last year. Answer me this one for me, Josh. Julian Edelman was wide receiver 18 um, on Lauren's team. Stephen Diggs was wide receiver 11, and Tyler Lockett was wide receiver 10. Of those three, which one exceeds uh, their 2018 numbers? 
uh, Stefan Diggs, because yeah. I think, I don't think Kirk Cousins is great. I think he's probably like maybe in terms of actual NFL quarterbacks, not necessarily fantasy finish. Sure. I think he's probably like maybe quarterback, like, I don't know, like 12 or 13, you know, okay. so he's, he's above kind of that median point. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think he has a better year next year than he did this year or this past year, because he just wasn't that great. I don't think many Vikings fans would say that they felt really great and very impressed with what they got out of cousins for the money, you know, like 80 sure. something million guaranteed, mm -hmm. you know, such a hyped free agent coming into Minnesota. So I would say Diggs just because I think uh, Cousins takes a little bit of a step forward. Yeah, I agree. Diggs finished the year 102 receptions, a little over a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. And then while we're on that Minnesota thread, Adam Thielen finished with 113 yards. Uh, nope, that's not right. 113 receptions. There you go. 1300 yards and nine receiving touchdowns and he resides on goats in pajamas. So uh, that's a nice little have there for, uh, for Mr. Lee uh, Thielen, I believe is still really expensive, right? Yeah. He's about 33 million. Cause he got nah, the franchise tag, that's cheap. but you that's have cheap. to imagine that Lee, you know, once he kind of figures out the ins and outs and really looks at his team is probably going to extend Thielen. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause the, once he finalizes his roster and all that, he'll end up extending Thielen, and that number will probably come down a little bit. Yeah, I would say so as well. Um, but I will say, if you've got a wide receiver one in here, there's not a ton of people that are too scared to uh, to give any of those guys $30 million. So, you know, while 33 is a lot, man, Thielen really performed last year, but we won't get into that too much. Let's get to the number one ranked number one. team on the year. Okay, can I guess? Yes, you can guess. I think you like shaking things up and kind Dude. of being a little bit forward looking instead of backward looking. So I'm going to say I quite do. that you have Mr. Zach Ryle at number one. Man, I do. The top's on top coming in here at the number one ranked team on March the 10th of 2019. Let's just talk about this real quick. A core of Andrew Luck, Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson, Juju and Mike Evans. Is there a better core than that right there? Pretty solid. I kind of forgot he added Mike Evans, especially Man. with AB officially gone now. Juju, I think, jumps into that wide receiver. You know, uh, he's definitely a wide receiver one yeah. at this point. Um, but yeah, that's a uh, God, that's really solid. I, I'm not crazy about his wide receivers outside of those two. I can agree with um, that. You know, the, the best one after that is, I don't know, Funches. Nelson Aguilar. Funches is a free agent, I'm oh, pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty that. sure. Um, so, you know, I, who knows? I, I disagree. Maybe it might be Taylor Gabriel, uh, Taewon he's Taylor. Kind of a, he's a Keith number three guy, though. I mean, yeah. I would take Nelson Aguilar because Aguilar is a number two behind okay. Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, he could be cut, though. So there's yeah. just a lot of question marks. Uh, well, you know who it might be looking at it now, especially if the Jags upgrade at quarterback, which yeah. I think everyone expects them to. D.D. Mm -hmm. Westbrook. Absolutely. Westbrook, because Moncrief, I'm pretty sure, is gone from Jacksonville. So mm -hmm. if you've got the chance to be the number one on your team, like I said last episode, mm -hmm. if you're the number one wide receiver on your team, you've got a chance to be a fantasy wide receiver one. I don't care what yep. the situation is, who the coach is, who the quarterback is. Targets. The possibility is there if you are the number one leader in terms of targets. Absolutely. I agree with you. You know, Jared Cook is a solid tight end there for him. Chris Carson 
as you know the the page has turned and Russell Wilson might not be the own there in Seattle anymore just because it seems like they're a running team. I really, really, I think the most interesting person I am um, so ready to watch is probably Derrick Henry going into 2019. You know, is he going to run for 1,500 yards this year or is he going to run for 500 yards this year? Um, it's just really, it's kind of baffling to me. Um, I'm really excited to see what he does. I think Henry also got the fifth-year rookie option as well. I believe Zach did that also. I need to look into that and see. But one thing I do like about Zach's team is that he's given himself a little bit of cushion, you know. He's got a couple extra quarterbacks and Wentz and Rosen in case he needs them. You know, Royce Freeman is not, you know, somebody just to kind of, you know, throw to the wayside. Who knows about Philip Lindsay and his injury and whatnot. And, you know, Freeman they paid a lot of money to in Denver, and they're going to use him at some point. You know, I know John Elway had talked about having a two-headed monster a little bit going into this year, and who knows what that looks like. But at least he's given himself a couple of wide receivers and a couple of extra playmakers down here on his bench because one or two of these guys are going to pan out, and they're going to fit fine in that flex to go with these other standouts in Juju and Evans and Bell and Mixon and Luck. I mean, I I really, really think that, uh, you know, Zach's squad has turned itself around. And let's get into this real quick. And we didn't really, you know, talk on this too much over the power ranks, but Zach also has the 101 as well. That's right. So, you know, pair all these with the first pick in the rookie uh, draft. Who knows who's that? who that is going to be? I don't really care who that's going to be. I know a lot of other guys really want to know who Zach's going to take. And, you know, that's prog- that's Zach's prerogative. You know, let him take who he wants to take when he wants to take it. So um, I, I really can't wait to see Zach in 2019. I really think he's going to be maybe the most improved team going into this year. Oh, no doubt. And he did pick up Henry's option because if you see he signed through 2020 and his salary jumps from 7.1 to about 18.7 next year. Ooh, baby. Yeah, so gonna, that's that top 10 average right there. Going to hope that pans out. Yeah, seriously. though. So the thing is with me, um, as far as, you know, you know for sure that you've got, even no matter where Lev Bell ends up, I sure. think he has uh, RB1 potential. And so I think him and Mixon are absolute slam dunks. Uh, You've got two guys there with a very high probability of being an RB1. And then Mm -hmm. the two question marks uh, for me, and Chris Carson's a very solid RB2 candidate, depending Mm -hmm. on what happens with Rashad Penny. But Royce Freeman and Derrick Henry, as you mentioned, the two big question marks for me, uh, you know, we talked about some of the question marks already with the wide receivers. But what happens with these guys? Is Philip Lindsay going to get the same respect and, you know, lead dog status now that it's a new uh, head coaching staff in there? Or is are they going to roll with the uh, guy that they invested a third round pick in? And then Derrick Henry, I was listening to the footballers tonight talk about, you know, did they did the Titans coaching staff finally figure out how to use Derrick Henry? And yeah. uh, I know Jason was really high on him going into next season, said he would be drafting him. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it was just such a bizarre end to the year there for Henry. And I, I really just can't wait to see what he does this year. Um, anybody on his defense you want to touch on there, uh, Josh? He's got some I, guys I, with potential. I mean, TJ Watt was a really exciting last year. Yeah. Um, you know, Sean Davis, Jesse Bates. Kevin Byard, I think all re- he's really solid at safety. Mm-hmm. You know, Melvin Ingram, Carl Lawson, and you know the Carl Lawson Sam Hubbard combo. I'm very curious because they're both defensive ends, 
Of course, I have uh, the other defensive in there, uh, Carlos Dunlap. So be curious to see how it shakes out in terms of defensive end in Cincinnati. But we know Melvin Ingram is solid. Um, so defense is not exactly – I mean, it's kind of weird. He had a great defense last year, and I would yeah. argue his offense was not as strong. And I think with the moves the that he's made, you add in you know, a, a, a Harry or a Metcalf you know, at the 101, yeah. and I think his offense is much stronger than his defense going into next year, which is always the formula that I would take. I agree. You know, a lot of the reason I'm giving Zach, you know, the power rank number one there is because he's got such a great core going into this year. And then the 101 just really tips it, you know, who knows who he takes, but that person has got to be a playmaker. And, you know, as we kind of talked about on Slack the last week or so, as I put on there, some of the people that, you know, were missed on and some of the people that were hit on, you know, such, uh, you know, so many late draft picks that people grabbed and, you know, people like Mahomes and people like, Oh, man, I can't even really think about some of the later draft picks that, you know, really just won a lot of games for some of these people. But let's talk about this real quick before we get into our NFL comp. So let's just say that my power rankings are how the year finishes out the regular season. Out of Adam's uh, division would come Adam. Um, Out of the mayor of Flavortown would come, um, let's see, we're going to go with the Houston Gamblers there would be the first team out. And then Fear the Reaper would be one of our, um they would be one of our uh, help me out here josh one of our wild cards out of the my biological clock would come the tops on top and then the other wild card would be the goodfellas and then out of the zeros division would be the boston breakers so it's gonna be interesting to see as uh, some of these teams hash out the rookie draft and the auction and go into the actual year if this changes very much but uh yeah some of these teams have made a good turnaround going into the offseason what do you guys think of the power rankings? Sound off in Slack. Ben, I'm sure you'll be the first to comment since you mm-hmm. listen to these episodes at like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they drop and everyone else is asleep because we have work in the morning. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, let us know what you think of the power rankings. And uh, Bobby, this next exercise is going to be fun. Uh, a shout out again to Nico for giving us this idea. And so, Bobo, why don't we just alternate? We'll pick the same person. Yes. Give our comp, give a little bit of explanation, maybe a little reaction, but we'll keep this kind of brief. You know, this is just for kind of fun, illustrative purposes. It's very much narrative driven how we see the teams, not a whole lot of science behind it, more of a gut feeling type of thing. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start off here? Uh, did you now know Lee just joined, but do you have one for him? I do. All right. Well, let's start with Lee then our newest member goats in pajamas. Uh, I'll go first. I had him as the Oakland Raiders. Now, the reason for that is less about Lee. Obviously, he just joined, so we don't know a whole lot about him as Mm -hmm. an owner and how he's going to kind of fit in with the cast of characters in this league. But I said there's a new person in charge, just like John Gruden. They also have Mike Mayock now as the GM. So there's kind of, you know, this new dynamic with the leadership, and you don't know what to expect, but there's a lot of excitement and there's mystery around this person. We don't really know how they're what they're going to do or how they're going to fit in, but they have a lot of draft picks. They're going through a rebuild, so there's a lot of question marks. That's why I see Lee as and his team being like the Raiders. Who do you got, yeah. Bobo? I was I was a little on the same lines there of the Cleveland Browns, just in that there seems to be no real plan. You know, maybe with the exception of 2018, because it does seem like the Browns are slowly getting it together, but. Over the last couple of years, the uh, the owners of the previous goats in pajamas, pajamas, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever you want to call it, um, it just How about seems just PJs. 
there you go. Goats and PJs. Uh, can't even really say that. But um, anyways, yeah, it just seems like uh, cap and studs and backups and rookie draft picks, uh, there just has not been a real concise plan uh, over the last couple of years. So my deepest apologies to you, Lee. Uh, uh, the best of luck in 2019, but really uh, an uphill battle ahead of you, but a fun battle, but an uphill battle. That's right. It's uh, that one of the beautiful parts of a rebuild is you get to do it how you want, uh, but you're starting from scratch. And in the case of Lee's team, you're starting from near the bottom. So yeah, and as a serious note, you know, maybe talk to Nico a little bit. Cause I really do like how Nico took over his team. His team was quite the same. He had some garbage players on his team. And, uh, you know, was able to turn that team around in a short amount of time. And, you know, I really think Nico will be, you know, hunting for the playoffs this year. So that's a little serious note there for you, Lee. But, uh, yeah, be in touch with Nico. He's really managed his team really well over the last year. All right. So let's go with uh, the good fellas, Mr. Ben Ratty. Who do you have for this one, Bobo? Woo, Mr. Ben Ratty. I have him as the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, okay. Because nobody really, really likes them. Uh, the owner kind of acts like the coach, and they was they haven't won a Super Bowl in some time now. <laughs> oh, that's hurtful. I know that's so mean, Ben. I really apologize, but uh, it, it's kind of true. You know, Ben Ben's the owner we all love to hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the good and proper villain of the XFFL, as I've said yeah. before. I actually had him as the Steelers, uh, okay. and, and Nico actually gave me this comp. Uh, Ben's team is hyper-talented. He'll always be in the mix for the playoffs. He gets a lot of hype and attention. But can he finish when it matters the most? Ooh, ooh. So we'll see. I mean, that's uh, that's the question that remains to be seen. I like it. Um, you know, unlike you know, or much like the Steelers, who haven't uh, had a lot of postseason success in recent years. I know they won a couple Super Bowls uh, uh, about a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, can Ben finish with this hyper talented team that he has? I've already said power rankings for me. He's number one. All right. Uh, so let's see if he can uh, if he can bring it all together and bring home a championship this year. But uh, so that was who we had for Ben. What about Lauren, Bobo? Who do you got for Lauren? For Mr. Lauren, I had Pittsburgh because he has the feel of that team that has been around for years and years and years. Uh, I'm just picking on you, Lauren. It's just because you're the resident senior here in the league, and it just seems like. Uh, you kind of manage your team a little bit like the senior, you know, you just seems like you've been here for quite some time and you also know what you're doing. So, uh, you know, kudos to you. Yeah. I have the same kind of thought, not, not the ageism, which obviously uh, <laughs> we can tell you're uh, anti-senior citizen. Uh, so that's, yeah, that bodes well for your future as an old, old man. Um, so I had, and this is kind of funny, just how it works out. I think this is an association I have in my brain here, but a lot of the teams that you'll see, they're compared to the teams that they are fans of. So uh, Lauren and the Boston breakers for me are the new England Patriots. And then this is not just because Lauren is a Pats fan Uh, before last season started. I doubted Lauren would win many games or score many points, Uh, but he made the playoffs. In fact, he won his division and I have a ton of respect for Lauren. He makes smart and underrated moves to keep his team competitive, just like the new England Patriots. Wow. Well done there. Well done. All right, let's talk about Sam's team, Kanye Twitty. I'll go first on this one. Okay. I had him as the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you don't hear a lot about the Titans nationally, which is kind of the same with Sam and the XFFL. Solid team, not flashy, not a lot of big names. He'll be in the mix, but I don't see his team as a huge threat. Okay. 
Mine is a little bit more specific. Mine is the 1999 Redskins because they traded Ricky Williams for a 1999 first, third, fifth, fourth, sixth, seventh, and a 2000 first and third. And getting into a little bit of research here lately, I see that Sam has eight first-round picks over the next three years and six of those over the next two years. So his fire sales as of late have put him in quite contention uh, for a run of uh, a lot of rookies to be on his squad for quite some time now. So, uh, yeah, the 1999 Redskins, which is a – I think that's one of the more well-known trades when they got rid of Ricky Williams for basically a ton of stuff. I mean, just a treasure chest of draft picks. Oh, yeah. But as I a like side that. note, that's pretty dangerous. He's got six first-round picks over the next two years. I mean, that's a lot. That is. You really – and I don't know how much Sam plugs into uh, college football, but – you know, that's a lot of pressure. You're you're basically Absolutely. committing, you know, about twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three million dollars. Yeah. Um, you know, this year. Uh, well, I guess maybe a little less because he has what? Um, I know he has one eleven and one twelve. So that's probably a combined like eight million. Sure. And what does he have? One hundred four in addition I to that. So. Yeah. So that's I probably right. another six. So probably like close to like fourteen, fifteen million. In yeah. The, rookie draft but uh yeah I, I love that comparison well done sir i love the mm-hmm. deep research but all right let's talk about the big pick lover himself mr adam markham who do you have for him bobo adam markham i have as the la rams because they don't mind buying studs whether it be lamar jackson obj or evan ingram and he also has a stud core defenders in matt kenny clark jordan cameron much like the 2018 Sean McVay-led Rams. You know, it seemed like everybody who was decent last year, who was a free agent or was wanting to be traded, all of a sudden possibly came up in conversations with the Los Angeles Rams last year. It didn't seem like McVay was uh, too scared to bring anybody on. And, uh, you know, they were a legitimate, um, you know, Super Bowl uh, competing team last year, as I believe Adam will be again this year. But uh, if one thing's for sure, Adam doesn't mind paying some of his uh, RBs and his uh, his wide receivers the money that they want to that they want, especially in OBJ. But yeah, the LA Rams there for me. All right, love that comp. I had actually the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I said this is a smart, talented team that's won a title, then followed it up with a year where they dealt with some injuries but went down swinging during wow. the playoffs. Well done. So I, I was, like I, I, yeah, I liked that one was probably one of my favorites just in terms of, again, narratively speaking, uh, I really liked the comparison there with uh, Markham and the Eagles. And I think most, most really sharp football analysts would say that the Eagles are one of the best run teams in the entire NFL. So that really was the basis for the comparison. And then the parallels just with the postseason were kind of nice, but I like it. That's what I had there for Mr. Markham. So let's talk about Mr. Aaron hedges and he hate me. Um, So I had the New York giants. Uh, I said he had some success in the past. You know, he was the runner up our first season, but I don't see a lot of talent on his team. And despite that's despite the leadership being all in on winning a title this year. So, uh, yeah, Aaron is the current New York Giants for me. Okay, I got you. Mine is the Oakland Raiders of 2018 because they helped teams like the Bears, the Cowboys, and the Ravens all make the playoffs last year. Mm, I see what you did there. <laughs> you see what I did? You see where I went? Yeah, yeah. You know, a couple of his trades last year uh, of players seemed to – uh, go to teams that ended up in the XFFL playoffs. So, so much like that. Uh, I, let's hold on to some of these guys and uh, you know see how they perform for us on our team. 
All right, so let's look now at Mr. Nico Keels with the Legend of Briegels. I had him again, kind of speaking to fandom here. I had him down as the Cleveland Browns, um, a team that seems to be on the upswing, has good leadership in place and some talented young guys, but he needs to reward that faith by proving it on the field. Wow, you're much nicer than me. <laughs> Mine was the uh, 2009 Cincinnati Bengals because it reminds me of when they had TJ Hushmanzada forever and ever and ever. You know, doesn't it feel like his lineup of Antonio Brown, AJ Green, Emmanuel Sanders, doesn't it feel like he's got a, a bunch of wide receivers that were good just way back when, you know? I don't know. know Antonio Brown plug. was pretty good last oh, year. Oh, sure. I mean, we'll see good. how he is with Oakland. You're just well, – you're I'm just, just trying to be me. Receivers. Yeah. I guess I'm jelly of AB. But, yeah, it seemed like Hushman's ought to stayed on the Bengals forever. And I really kind of, as a side note, just wanted to find a Bengals team to put as Nico just because I'm sure he really, really hates them. Yeah, I'm sure that – Right, uh, that, as a Browns that, fan? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think so. I mean, you're okay. not – You're not a, even if you don't have, like, a hatred of the Bengals, you don't like the Bengals. Yeah, I'm sure I'll catch some flack for that one, but that's all right. I, I can handle it from Nico. You're a big boy. <laughs> All right, so let's do Mr. Charlie Briggs with Cryrod Taylor. I had the Denver Broncos. So won a title a while back, but since then it's not been the best of times. And you wonder after some of the moves what the long-term vision is for the team. Not saying that there isn't one, uh, but you just kind of wonder as an outsider what's going on, similar to how people are looking at John Elway and the Joe Flacco situation, the Case Keenum situation last year. What is the long-term vision that John Elway has for this team? And that's kind of where I, how I see Charlie right now. That's a good call. Um, I put him as the New Orleans Saints because of their memorable championship, the 2005-2006 season after Hurricane Katrina. And like that, I will always see Charlie as our first XFFL champion. I, I will just always remember that. But, yeah, like that Hurricane Katrina Super Bowl, I'll always see Charlie as our first inaugural champ. Despite the fact that the Saints actually won the Super Bowl in 2010, uh, did they win it again? I'm just talking about the Katrina one. Uh, they only won one. They beat the Colts. That's why I know that Super Bowl very well. Um, they Am won. I wrong in this? Yeah, they they only won one with Drew Brees, and that was the 2010 season. Was that when Katrina was? Maybe I just had my years wrong. No, I think uh, Katrina was earlier. Katrina was like 04, wasn't it? I think we're getting I think some we're... great, some in-depth Hurricane <laughs> Katrina talk on the podcast. I didn't see this coming. Yeah, it was uh, oh, August 2005. Yeah, it's longer than you think. Okay, wow. That's completely wrong then. So, Charlie, you're just a great guy, you know? Yeah, well, there you uh, go. That's, we'll just, we'll just, uh, that's how we're going to we'll scratch this. that one. You're a, you're a great great fan and uh, our first champ. So, uh, just forget go. the whole Katrina thing. We'll, well just, who was the we'll first just... champ? Wasn't it the Green Bay Packers uh, against the Chiefs in Super Bowl? Uh, that was the AFL, them. wasn't it? Yeah, let's yeah, call yeah them the Packers. Packers. Way to go, there Charlie. Go. Real good All right, guy. so let's, let's pivot now away from <laughs> historical inaccuracies and go with uh, Mr. Zach Ryle, tops on top. Who did you have for this one, Bobo? I have him as the New York Jets because he always seems to hold on to a couple of QBs, you know, just in case. And he's been a decent team despite being in a championship team's division for some time now. You know, Zach really had to fight through the Eastern Division because there were so many good teams there the last couple of years, Um, much like being in the division with the New England Patriots. You know, I really think the Jets have been pretty good, you know, a lot better than really people give them credit for historically. Uh, But it's just been kind of a rough go for them just because they've been in the Patriots division for so long. I like that comp a lot, especially with 
the uh, you know, uh, having the championship team in the division there. So yeah. for me, I put the San Francisco 49ers. Um, okay. Had some bad luck the last two years. You know, 49ers with the injuries, Zach and playing in the old Eastern division. That makes their overall record deceptive. But you have a feeling that if things break right this season, his team is poised to make a big jump. Obviously, you feel that way, having put him number one in the power rankings. Absolutely. All right, so we got a couple more here. Mr. Jim Cush with Fear the Reaper. I actually had Jim as the Dallas Cowboys. Definitely some talent on the team, but just in my eyes, it's a little shallow. And although he had success last year, both teams, him and the Cowboys, feel like they're sitting on the knife's edge. If mm. one or two things break wrong, it could be a 2-11 and 11 season for Jim. Mm, I like that. I'm going to stay in the same division, and I'm going to go with the New York Giants because they seem to acquire young players like Eli Manning and hold on to them and hold on to them and hold on to them. You know, some of these players that Jim has, he's had for a long time, which, you know, is not a bad thing, but sometimes maybe it would be – in the team's best interest to move them along and to uh, to trade them to other teams. So, yeah, Jim's got a good team, but for how long can you keep it that way? All right, so two more left here, Baba. We didn't do ourselves. Right. Um, you know, it's a good rule of life not to do yourself. So uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about who we put for each other. So I'll go first here with you. Okay. Uh, and then how, how do you pronounce, is it Dolce Farnente? Yeah. Yeah. Dolce Farnente. There you go. Sure. I'm going to work on pronouncing that for the next episode. (laughs) But your team, Bobo, and this should warm your heart. You are the LA Rams. Yes. And it's not just because you have a ton of Rams players. This is your window to win a ring. And you've made some big moves in pursuit of that title. Not all of them have panned out, as I know Mm -hmm. you've talked about before. But you're all in to win, just like the LA Rams. And so that is who your comp is in the NFL. Wow, I love that. But I wish you were mean. I wish you had been more mean, but that's all right. I, I do enjoy that. Let's get to yours. Yours is the New England Patriots. Oh, come and, on. That's just in their, in their ability to acquire a player, whether that be from waivers or via trade, and make them to function in an efficient way on a Super Bowl winning team. It does seem like a lot of your grabs, whether it be uh, via waivers or via auction, Uh, Some of these guys maybe I haven't heard of or maybe I'm not as high on, but they do seem to be grabs that pan out well for you, um, just like your championship-led team in 2018. So kudos to you and enjoy that Patriots because I'll be be meaner next year. Mm, That's just so hateful. Uh, The team that I literally (laughs) hate so much that I don't even have any of their players on my roster. Part of me had to do it. That's mean. I don't, uh, I'm going to end this podcast now. All right. So those were our NFL comps for the XFFL teams. What do you think? Sound off in Slack. Let us know uh, where we went wrong and how terribly off base we were with our comparisons. And again, shout Mm -hmm. out to Nico. Thanks for that idea. Uh, We'll be back here. I would say pretty shortly, Bobbo. And next time we, uh, we talk, let's uh, let's bring Markham in for a little trade recap talk about some of these recent deals and maybe we can talk about uh, some of the nfl free agents moving to new teams and how that might affect the outlook for the xffl moving forward does it sound like a date love it it's a date all right dude thanks everyone for listening we hope you enjoyed again welcome to lee andrews uh newest owner in the xffl we're excited to have you lee 
look forward to many years of success and uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, here soon. SFFL, yeah, you know we stay flexing. 12 good teams, about to find out who the best is. Coming to you every week like a stack correction. Josh and Bobby on the mic about to send a message. Yeah, we air it out. Only one ring, who gon' wear it out? Build up your team before I tear it down. Turn on the games, it's gone.